Hey contractors, welcome to the Contractors Playbook. I'm your host, Michael Gogan, and on this podcast, we will be talking with experts in the industry and getting real about their failures, successes, and lessons learned. I'll be joined in studio by our producer, Isaac Moore. All right, Isaac, I just finished an awesome conversation with Hunter Ballou of Cornerstone Construction. Honestly, it's unbelievable what, like, literally is unbelievable what he was able to do with his business in just a couple years' time. Um, What are your thoughts on, like, his overall just vision and how he thinks about people? Yeah, I mean, he really is an example, I think, of someone who, when you come in with the right approach, uh, focused on efficiency, focused on kind of scaling up really quickly, he kind of made some pretty big bets on himself, it sounds like. Uh, in those couple years when he started to make a lot of hires, kind of push his own uh, comfort zone a little bit even and expand quickly. And it might have made other people uncomfortable, right? If you put someone else in those shoes, it might make you uncomfortable to try and grow really fast. But I think his focus on people and pitching a good vision to people and, and scaling his business quickly is something that uh, I really heard from him as he talked to us here. Yeah, you made the analogy of Urban Meyer, and I, I really thought that was a great one. You know, uh, Hunter's got a lot of irons in the fire. He, he's got the cornerstone. Yeah. He's got his roofing community. He's got Revolt. He's got a new, it's called Kick Tap. He's just got a lot of things going on, <laughs> but he seems to just go in and put that same thing in place in each play, um, you know, kind of like Urban Meyer did. Utah, Florida, Ohio State. He's just gone and put the same kind of concepts in place. And just run with them. Uh, I think this is an awesome interview. I think the, yeah. everyone's going to love it. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Contractors Playbook. I'm Michael, and today we are joined by my friend Hunter Ballou uh, with Roofing Community. Hunter, we got some stuff to unpack here. Thanks for jumping in with me today. Yeah, man, appreciate it. We've been trying to connect for a while, so I'm glad to finally get together and do this podcast. You bet. So you've understandably been a little bit busy here lately. Um, before we get into that, let's just talk a little bit about your background. So you've got a lot of things going. You've got, um, you know, you run a pretty large trade show. You've got Revolt um, that goes that's going on. You've got the huge Facebook group. You've, you know got your connection to Cornerstone. Tell us just a little bit about your overall background and what brought you into the roofing space. Yeah, man. So I'm from a little small town in South Carolina, upstate South Carolina called Traveler's Rest. Got about four or 5,000 people here. Grew up here, raised here, and came back here after uh, after I did a little bit of time in the Marine Corps. Started the fire department for a couple of years and I uh, just really love it here, man. It's a, a small town, uh, but it's close enough to any big town to get whatever I need to get done, right? And so uh, I, I spent five years at the fire department full time, and I just always had kind of this entrepreneurial spirit about me since I was young, uh, and I wanted to start my own company. So I left the fire department to start a marketing agency and, and started working with some roofers and found quickly that, you know, roofers do pretty well. At least it, it seems like it. There's big numbers, you know, seven figures. You see seven figures and you're a 20-year-old kid. You're like, heck yeah, man, I want to do that. So uh, <clears throat> I started Cornerstone really just as a case study. I just thought, hey, if I could start this roofing company and get to a million dollars a year and then use that to get more clients, more roofers as, as clients, um, then it'd be a good thing, right? And I just found out that I 
love building a team and and the interaction with homeowners and all of that way more than I love sitting behind a computer all day. And it's funny because it's kind of turned now as you grow the company and you grow multiple companies. Now I'm sitting in here in the office more, uh, but it's fun because I can walk out and, you know, have 30, 40 employees that I can hang out with. So, you know, started Cornerstone. We, we started that May 24th, 2017. As you know, and I think we'll talk about a little bit here in a bit, um, just sold it in the last couple of months. Started RoofCon, the uh, the conference for high integrity people in the industry, whether they're roofers, maybe they're sales guys, they're service providers like Company Can, they're, they're software, where we come together once a year and we focus on legacy and leadership, not just sales. We're going to talk about sales and how to increase your your number, but also developing as a, as a leader and focus on legacy. So it's been fun, man, a fun ride. They talk about roofing. Nobody just wants to get into roofing. It kind of pulls you in and that's what's happened to me. You bet. So you're right. I want to, I want to unpack it. So 2017, you, you start Cornerstone uh, and you started as a case study, which I think is awesome. And here we are 2021 and you sold it and Cornerstone was alive and kicking and you did an awesome job with it. As much as you can tell me what went into that decision to, or, you know, what went into those four years to get it to where it was able to be sold and then into the decision to like, Hey, okay, now is, now is my time to, to exit cornerstone and focus on roof con and roofing community. Yeah, for sure, man. We, we really weren't ready yet. Like I wasn't ready at all. Um, 2017 started up, hired that first guy. I literally knew nothing about the industry, like at all, zero. Um, I've got this funny story I tell sometimes on like podcasts when I'm on these podcasts about six months into the business, we had done like, I don't know, half a million million dollars in, in work. We went to this trade show, local trade show, just to promote Cornerstone and to grow it. And it was called She Greenville. I'm right here by Greenville. That's the big city close to us. And it was called She Greenville. And so it was a bunch of women, like it was all women and they would bring their kids. And so I had this idea, all right, well, let's build two dog houses and then we'll let the women and the kids help us nail on the shingles. <clears throat> and so they open the event. All these women just come flooding in. And the first lady gets back to the to the doghouse and she wants to nail on the shingle. And I get the shingle and I put it up there. And I'm like, oh, shoot, dude, I don't know how to nail on a shingle. Like, you know, obviously you put the nail in there and you get it secured tight. But I didn't know how far over the edge it was supposed to be or to the left or right or exactly where on the shingle to nail it. So I'm trying to figure all this out. And uh, I get one of my guys, I'm like, hey, man, come over here. Just talk to her for a minute. So I go in the, <laughs> in the corner of the booth and I'm like on YouTube trying to figure out where to nail the shingle, how to do it. And, you know, every single video, of course, contradicts each other. So then I call my, I call my sub and I'm like, dude, I need you up here ASAP. One of my Spanish guys, so he comes up and he helps me out. So that was funny, man. But it's just a classic story of you got to figure it out, right? Like I didn't know anything about the industry, but I was dedicated to learning. So going to the conferences paying for masterminds, showing up always, networking with good guys like you and others in the industry, Paul Reed, Erico, and just learning as much as I could. And so 2017, 2018, I didn't take it that serious. Like really the goal was just to do seven figures, like hit a million. And I, I thought that was a lot. You know, and you quickly realize that's not that much when it comes to roofing. It's like a hundred roofs. If your average roof is 10 grand, a hundred roofs. If it's 12 grand, 80 roofs. And so when 2019 rolled around, I said, all right, I, I want to start taking it more serious. I'd like to hit that 5 million mark and then that 10 million mark. And so 2019, January that year, I started developing 
uh, a training system we have called Six Figure Blueprint, where we commit to all of our sales guys to give them all the, the tools, the training, the technology to help them make six figures. And so we really started taking off that year. We hit five that year. And then last year, the goal was to hit 10 and we crushed that, came in right around 15 million sales. And so we feel like we could, you know, maybe, maybe not double this year from last year, but but come close. And so when I go back to investing in myself, we were having a revolt retreat, like you see inside of the community all the time out in San Diego. An ad pops up while I'm in San Diego for another mastermind out there that talks about how scaling your business and, and how to sell it for the highest multiple. <clears throat> and so I see this ad and I'm like, man, this looks really badass, but I don't want to go home and come back out the next week for this other retreat. And so I just ignore it. I go home. It pops up two days later. I ignore it. Pops up two days later. And I'm like, ah, man, maybe this is a sign. It was like two days before the retreat is supposed to start. So I tell my wife about it. I sign up for it. I head back out there. They closed me on the retreat. It was expensive. It was like 65K for this, uh, for this mastermind I joined. And within a month, man, they put me in front of a guy that was like, hey, we want to buy Cornerstone. We think you're a great fit. We think you can help us scale the business. And so, you know, I told them originally, like, I'm not interested. I'm like two years from being where I want to be to get what I want out of Cornerstone at least. And they put me in front of the guy and I was just willing to at least, I thought it would be naive to not at least have a conversation, right? I, it was a good learning experience, even if we didn't move forward. And the guy made the numbers make sense. Uh, together, we have kind of this vision for SRC now. And it's, it's really exciting, man. And it's cool to see, you know, you've heard about others in the industry, in the roofing industry, wanting to do a roll up and, and to IPO and to go public. And like SRC, we're already public. So now we're sucking up some other roofing companies and just going to continue to grow as this national brand to serve homeowners everywhere. And there's some more acquisitions that will be going live that are already closed down and uh, we'll be making announcements in the next 30 days. So it'll be really cool. We'll continue to shake up the industry. People are going to be wondering what the heck's going on. For sure. And I, I forgive me if you can't speak to this and just tell me, um, but what's going to be your role then? with Cornerstone? Are you going to stay with SRC? Um, are you going to focus just on RoofCon and Revolt or will it be a mixture of the two? Yeah. So um, with, with Cornerstone at the beginning of this year, I had already appointed Walker and Brad uh, to CEO and COO and kind of taking a step back and just focus more on the visionary stuff. So I could be freed up for roofing community for Revolt. Um, I don't, I don't I, we've talked a little bit about KickTap, the software that I'm developing. I got off a call with that. That'll be dropping really soon, hopefully. Uh, so just so that I could free myself up from that. So really, I'm in the same role. I've just moved up from Cornerstone to now helping with SRC with more acquisitions, bringing in people that are fit because we don't want everybody. We're not looking for every company out there. Like it has to be a fit. They have to be high integrity. They have to have an abundance mindset. They have to want to scale. Uh, so, so those things are important to us and just helping SRC reach that goal of becoming that first billion dollar roofing company. That's quite a goal. That's quite a goal. Um, that that just actually is wild to me to think that, was that, four years ago, Hunter, you said, you know what? I'm going to do a case study uh, to help my marketing company. I'm going to try to get this thing up to seven figures. And then here we are four years later, and you're like, yeah, I want to be a part of a first ever billion dollar roofing company. So it's just wild. Um, and I, I think I want to focus there. What what is it about Hunter? Because you, you mentioned the entrepreneur mindset. You know, what is it about you that that even can can happen? Because that 
I think if you told a normal person like, yeah, you know, why don't you try to get a roofing company to a million dollars? And then four years later, you're thinking, okay, I sold that roofing company and now I'm going to try to be part of a, the first ever billion dollar roofing company. What is it in your mindset that, you know, enables you to continue and to chase these lofty goals? Yeah. So, you know, anything I say here is like not out of arrogance at all. Like I don't, I want to set that straight first. Like I'm not talking myself up. Um, I think number one, man, it's like the first short answer that comes to mind as soon as you started saying that and I knew where you were going is I'm not afraid to be broke. Like I can be broke again. If everything goes bust, I can figure it out again. You know, I, I came from a, you know, lower, lower middle class family, you know, growing up in a trailer, you know, digging for change in the, in the floorboard, trying to find gas money. Uh, me and my wife, you know, lived in a trailer before we bought our house. I was making 24 grand at the fire department. They made 30 grand at the fire department. So, you know, the difference is, is now I have all this knowledge. I have all these relationships that I've built through the years because I've invested in other people. I've invested in myself. And so if it all goes bust, if everything goes downhill, I risk it all and it all goes away, I can do it again. dude. I have no fear of that because I, I treat people well. I love people. I love to see them win. And so I can repeat it. Um, so there's really no fear for me in, in taking those risks because I know that I can do it again, right? And and revolt is revolt for a reason. Our mastermind is called revolt because we're committed to revolting against average. Like I can't stand the thought of just, you know, living my di- living my life day after day after day, just doing the same thing. And then one day I die and I'm just another tombstone out there that people walk by. That Nobody has to know my name. I don't care about anybody knowing Hunter Blue or there being a Blue building or any of that, but I want my effort while I'm here to count. I'm so intentional about making it count every single day. This flag behind me is for my partner at the fire department. He was 30 years old, had a daughter that's about four months old. And uh, on his way into work, about five miles from here, got hit head on and lost his life. And so some people like Jordan, one of the guys that continued to push me every single day, they don't get the opportunity, so I have to make it count. Man, that, that's so powerful. And I think, you know, when you look at RoofCon, you know, I had the privilege of attending RoofCon, and I haven't, I, I got to get to a revolt event, but I, you know, I followed these revolt events and I've talked to people that were there at these revolt events. You give so much back. Uh, what goes into that thought? Because I, it's a new way of thinking, honestly, Hunter. I think that the old way of thinking was I've got to learn how to be successful. I've got to learn how to do things the right way, but that's got to be my secret sauce. I got to keep that to myself. And you're like the exact opposite. You're like, okay, I know this. I've I've figured out what my secret sauce is. I'm not afraid to tell everybody else out there what my secret sauce is. Um, What goes into that mindset? How, How did you get to that mindset where it was like, okay, I figured it out and now I'm I'm okay telling people what my secret sauce was. Yeah, man, I think all of us, especially if we're if we're competitors and we want to be the best, which I, I want to be the best. I want to be the first billion-dollar roofing company. I want to have a billion-dollar net worth. I want to help a billion people. Like, I always want to be the best. But to do that, man, it's just bringing up others around you, right? Like, I'm, I'm rooting for other guys in our town. We've had 
uh, I think three guys from Greenville, South Carolina, my home market, come to Revolt Retreats. We didn't turn them away. We wanted them to come. We've had two guys from Charleston. We're in Charleston. We've had two guys from Little Rock and one guy from Charlotte come. So we've had like 10 all together from markets I'm in and, and two in Tulsa. And we're in Tulsa come to Revolt Meeting. So, you know, it's just always worked for me. I don't know that it was like somebody taught me or, you know, I'm, I'm not some smart dude. It's just it's always worked for me that if I give back, I know it's going to come. Like if you go look at the Cornerstone website, we've always committed from day one, dude. I've done so many Facebook lives. Hey guys, the more we grow, the more we're going to give. We're committed to that. And we do that also through Cornerstone kits so that a percent of every dollar we bring in goes back to the community. So it's no, no guessing game of like, hey, we'll figure something out. We'll pay for this and that. It just is what it is. When we grow, we give. And so the same thing with Revolt, dude. Like we don't even have to try to sell people into it. That's the beauty is we'll have 30 guys show up to a Revolt retreat and like that first day, they're all on edge, man. And it's so funny to see how on edge they are. They're worried about, are we going to try to pitch the entire time? Are we trying to sell them this training or this training? And by that second day, man, they are so bought in. They trust the pro- trust the process because they know we actually care about them. I think uh, the last retreat, we don't have to do a hard pitch. Like we're not sitting there trying to get them to do it. We had 13 guys out of that retreat come to us to join Revolt. 13 guys. Wow. What a testament there to just how open-mindedness, kind of including other people, uh, treating it like a community, seeing how that pays off. That's so cool. We're going to take a quick break here, but we will be right back with more from the Contractor's Playbook. This episode of the Contractor's Playbook is brought to you by Company Cam. Company Cam brings documentation, communication, and liability protection together in one simple, easy-to-use app for you and your entire team. Take photos and videos, upload and scan documents, share custom reports, and even communicate and share progress with homeowners, all from your smartphone. Company Cam is the only app every contractor needs. Check it out at companycam.com or in your app store. And now back with your host, here is Michael Gogan. That's wild. Um, I... You don't have to hard pitch it here, but tell me just a little bit about what goes into Revolt because, you know, I've seen it. Uh, you know, you're out playing football. You're in cool cabins. Uh, it just looks like a good time. It looks like, honestly, it looks like a vacation where I'm going to better myself and better my business. Uh, is that a decently accurate description of what one of these Revolt retreats is? Yeah, so we don't, we don't want to make it feel like it's some training that you have to dig in and, you know, spend all your extra free time on it, it's something that people want to be a part of and more than anything man it's, it's a brotherhood you know it's a place where we have a community chat where people are holding each other accountable because we say our goals we state our goals in front of each other so we can hold each other accountable because sometimes as as men as leaders within our organization you know maybe we can't talk to ourselves right maybe we can't talk to our our secretary about what's going on in our personal life or in the business or if there's cash flow issues we need to open up to someone We've had so many guys in the chat open about open up about personal issues they've had at home with kids, with their wife. And it's just a, a place where they can do that. But on top of that, yes, there is plenty of training. You know, we have the free retreats where we encourage them to come back and hone in on their leadership skills and help lead those free retreats. But then we have paid retreats as well, where it's four members only. So like we're about to do one in uh, Hurricane Utah, where we're paying a couple of speakers to come in and train them. And so we cover everything from marketing to finance to sales to operations. 
anything that's useful for a guy to grow his company past eight figures. That's kind of the goal. It's like, hey, if you're going to join this group, it's because you want to hit that eight figure mark, and we're going to help you get there. So we do uh, two calls a month at minimum. We do two retreats. They get free tickets to RoofCon. It's all on our website. But yeah, man, it's it's really more of building relationships than it is just some course like you'd usually get. Yeah. It's, it's so wild. And I, I think Isaac's probably seeing some common themes here. Um, our last episode, we had Eric O on and guess what Eric O focused on. He talked about relationships and like every answer he gave, I even told him, I was like, man, everything you do is about relationships is that is that something that you would you know owe some of your success because to do what you did is impressive to do what you did in four years or less than four years is almost hard to believe um how important were relationships that you made along the way to getting you to that you know that success everything right i mean dude you don't you don't do it without the relationships you don't do it in 20 years without the relationships it's just how much you can invest in your team. Even when we went to sell, brother, like I didn't want to sell because I didn't want my team to think that I was a sellout. You know, I, I basically told the guy like, man, you couldn't offer me endless amounts of cash unless I can take care of my team too. So we worked it out so I could take care of my team. Like that was built into the contract. Uh, so as long as you have your team success prioritized over your personal success, you always win. Like you have to have the mindset of delayed gratification. Like, dude, <laughs> you could ask you could ask the team here. We just had a big birthday party for me. I turned thirty. I'm still crying a little bit about it. Uh, just turned thirty in January, but we did a big party. Like, Hunter's still living in the fifty thousand dollar house that I bought eight years ago. Right? It's paid off. It's a decent house, but it's a fifty thousand dollar house. Like, I don't live in some mansion. I just bought a, a decent truck, but it's a 2016. But I'm more focused on my team winning. And again, I don't say any of that as like a pat on the back. I'm just saying that's been the strategy is I'm more focused on these guys having success than me getting some big payout right now. I know that if they have success, one day Hunter is really going to have a lot of success. That's such a, yeah, that's such an awesome way to look at things is, you know, helping others win is going to be ultimately what makes Hunter win in the end. Cause you can't do it alone. And I think that, I think that's such a hard thing for a lot of contractors to discover is, you know, you, you are the best at everything or at least perceive that. And you feel like I care more about, you know, my business than anyone else. And I think once you finally realize that, Hey, I can turn the keys over to some of these things and I can, I can work on this business. I think that's such a powerful moment. Um, is that something that you encourage like through RoofCon and Revolt and Roofing Community contractors to or help even help contractors make that decision that it's, hey, it's okay to, you know, give a little bit of this up? Yes, that's, that's actually a huge part of it. Eric O was at our last retreat. He's a Revolt member. And so we talk about, you know, not only the common mission, create that common mission so everyone's bought, bought in, but as an owner, I see so many times, dude, so many times, the majority of the time, the owner's still out selling roofs. And it blows my mind. Like when, you, when you're an owner and you start to scale the team, I get it at first if you got to do it for cash flow. But as you scale and you're trying to get eight figures, you can't sell roofs. You have to sell people. You have to sell the vision of what your company is, what you believe in, and what are they supposed to be bought in? 
right here where I'm sitting right now and the chair across me, so many times people have come in and said, all right, what is the mission for Cornerstone? I click on my TV, I pull it up and I can show them. I have it all laid out from a, a document I've built in Canva. Hey, we want to be in 10 markets and we want to do $10 million a market and be at $100 million total in the next 10 years. And in that next 10 years, we're going to make 10 millionaires within our organization. If you work hard enough, you can be one of those. There's no guarantee. You have to bust your butt. You have to put in the work, but you can be one of those. It's possible. We see it all across the industry. And beyond that, we're going to give 1% of every dollar we make to Cornerstone Kids to support kids in every market we work in. So if we do $100 million in 2030, guess what? We just gave a million dollars to kids in every of our markets. That's awesome. That's a common mission that everyone can be bought yeah, into. And, and I think that it comes back to, you know, culture is always a big thing. And I always, I, I always love to tie, this is the contractor playbook, you know, so we always try to tie something sports related. And to me, that's, that's the thing, you know, it doesn't matter. You look at any sport, you know, organization, any college um, program, they all have the same goal. They want to win games. The ones that are doing it and doing it well and consistently I guarantee there's something in that program when they come in from a recruiting standpoint or they come in, you know, signing a contract and they flip on that TV and it's the same thing. Like, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. And, you know, this is what you're going to get out of it. Um, I'm a big Kentucky basketball fan. That's probably not something where you're at you love, but it's not football, I guess. And so Coach Cal, he's got to have the pitch down. You walk in and he says, I'm going to send you to the NBA. Or I'm going to send a lot of you to the NBA. I'm not sending every one of you. It's going to take hard work. It's going to take this. It's going to take that. But I got a program to send you to the NBA. Come play basketball for us. And it, it almost sounds like that's the cornerstone pitch. Is hey, you're going to make a lot, lot of money for us. It's going to take hard work. We're like, so. we're like 30 minutes from Clemson, so we've been compared to Clemson a lot with our culture and, you know, caring about the guys and fun. And we've got a gym outside and a basketball court and Nerf guns. And, like, we want it to be a fun place for people to come in, just like, you know, Dabo does with his team. People want to come be a part of this. And as a leader, it, it really comes down to how well can you cast the vision? Like, do people understand it? Do people want to be a part of it? Are they bought into it? Or are you just another roofing company? Uh, Diego, dude, he tells this story so funny. I didn't hear him tell this until like a few months ago. Now he tells it at most revolt meetings when we start talking about vision. And it's so funny, dude. It makes me laugh every time he tells it. So Diego is community success manager for revolt. He literally just takes care of the revolt members, helps them out if they need help. Well, he started by getting hired here at Cornerstone and he sat right there across from me. He got laid off from his job from COVID. And so he came in. I interview him. I'm telling him the, the, the dream, the mission, all that stuff. He goes home <laughs> and he said he got home and he's all pumped up and he's telling his wife about the job and his wife, his wife's like, all right, that's awesome. What are you going to be doing? And he said, he literally was like, I have no clue. Like, I don't even know. I was just so excited about the job and cornerstone the mission <laughs> that I don't know what I'm going to be doing. And so she's like, okay. So he said, he kind of started looking up stuff on us. And then he came into the meeting. That was like on a Friday. He came into the meeting on the Monday for our, our weekly sales meeting. 
And he said, they started talking about climbing on roofs and going up ladders. And he was like, oh, I'm afraid of heights. I don't even know if I can do this. <laughs> so he was just so bought into the mission and what we're doing as a team that he wanted to be a part of that. It didn't matter what it was. It didn't matter that he was afraid of heights. It didn't matter that he had to get on roofs. It didn't matter that he hadn't done sales before. He was bought into what we were doing and he was willing to adapt and change whatever it took. And he ended up being a great sales rep until I pulled him away to help with roof time. Awesome. I love that. That's a that's a kind of a great story. I don't want to end there because I have one final question for you, but that is an awesome story. Um, and I, I think it just drives home the message. I knew you'd try to slip some Clemson stuff in there. I was I was talking Kentucky basketball in their their program, but you can go Clemson. But my my question I always like to end with is and I think it might be a tough answer because you don't have a lot of time to go off of, but in the four years, so since you founded in 2017 until now when you've been acquired, if you could do one thing that you currently are doing that you didn't start with, what would that thing be? You know, what would you have done sooner with your company? Hire fast. Hire fast. Hire super fast. I mean, I like. I don't tell this often because I, I don't want people to think I'm like, again, sounding arrogant when I say like, really, I didn't start till 2019, but I really didn't start till 2019. Like January 2019 is when I really hit the ground running. Um, you could maybe say a couple months before that, I hired a couple guys and that's when I realized door knocking was important. Uh, so like 2017, we did a little bit. 2018, dude, I left for the summer to go consult with companies that I was working with. Like I was gone and I had one sales guy here just kind of running it halfway. And so we were doing okay, but we were literally just barely staying alive. Um, and then end of 2018, when I got back, I hired those first couple guys. I didn't do any door knocking. I was all digital marketing because that's what I came from. So that's what I believed in. And I thought, oh, door knocking's dumb, whatever. I'm not door knocking. I've never done it. I don't want to do it. And so I hired the first kid to door knock. And he's like, hey, do you care if I door knock? And I'm like, well, if you want to, I don't care. You know, you can do it. So he goes out there and he crushes it. I'm like, dang, maybe we should door knock. Maybe we should put some training together for this. So I started looking into training and getting some training. So then that was like September, I think, of 2018. A couple months goes by. December of 2018, I'm like, all right, I'm going to start taking this serious. I started putting together a six-figure blueprint, building out the training we had a, an actual uh, like binder where they could fill out information in it. And then we have an online platform as well that we still use today. We give the remote members, every guy that comes to the office that, that signs up to join the Cornerstone team goes through Six Figure Blueprint. And it's always evolving. We're always adding videos. And so 2019, dude, I hired fast. Like I, in January of that year, I put up a table in this office. We had like one little office up front. I had a table in it and I moved it out because I wanted to hire like eight guys at a time, ended up buying the building that next year. And so it just started growing from there. 2019, when I started hiring people fast, putting them in a system. Now you can't hire fast. You can, if you want to go ride and have them in your front seat and train them one-on-one, -on -one, but you need things where you can scale. You have to have systems in place. So having the training in place for me, so I didn't have to go in the field and train these guys. I didn't have to have, you know, six sales managers for six sales guys. I had this one training platform. They could come in. I know if they'd cut it. I know if they'd actually go out there and put in the work. And I just pre-frame them really hard and say, look, if you're willing to put in 40 hours a week, man, you can make more money than you made at your job making $40,000 an hour. You just got to put in 40 hours a week. I mean, we got guys here that work 
less than 20 hours a week that make 100 grand. It just depends on your work ethic and how much you work on sharpening your skills. So recruiting funnel, um, our training system, just hire fast. All those things are, are crucial. And our, our uh, recruiting funnel, not to ramble on, but our recruiting funnel gets rid of all the guys that aren't going to do things they're required to do door to door. I talk about door to door. I talk about being 1099. I talk about no benefits. Like you're a 1099 contractor. I try to disqualify as many people as I can inside of that funnel first. So I don't waste time on a call and I don't do it anymore, but we have someone that does it. I don't want them to waste their time either. Right? Like we want it to be efficient. We, if, if we bring them on and they're not a good fit, we're doing a disservice to them and a disservice to us and we're wasting money. So we're trying to eliminate the wrong people, let the right people come through. Perfect. Well, Hunter, I really appreciate you jumping in with us today. Awesome stuff. Congratulations on what you did with Cornerstone. And I, I know nothing but big things are going to be coming with RoofCon Revolt and Roofing Community. So thank you for jumping in with us today. And uh, thank you all for listening. And we'll see you next time. Appreciate it, man. Big thank you to Hunter Blue again for jumping in on the Contractor's Playbook. Hope you guys got as much out of that as we did. And for Gogan and myself, we will see you next time.